It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche, and we are in the midst of trade season. Things are happening where a couple weeks ago, nothing was happening. And we all thought, well, this is just going to be maybe a dull trade season, trade deadline season. And not saying it's anything to write home about. And it's, you know, nothing earth shattering thus far. But things are now in motion. And where are the avalanche? So far, crickets. Does that mean that's the way it's going to go? No. And we'll kind of talk about that. We'll talk about the trades that have happened. Uh, things that are kind of revolving around the avalanche in terms of trades because it seems like there are so many players attached to the avalanche and and players that they could bring in as possibilities, guys that they're scouting that you're hearing through newswires. And right now it's just all talk, uh, but I like that stuff. I like knowing who the avalanche are scouting as, as far-fetched as some uh, uh, players might seem. But it doesn't matter. I, I just like hearing this stuff and seeing that some things are in motion, possibly. So we'll kind of talk about that. Uh, we will talk about the Islanders game, uh, which would, happens to be Led Zeppelin night in the uh, the Pepsi Center. So uh, we will talk about that. We'll simulate the game, see what the computer spits out. But we are going to start with a continuation of that 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 just difficult loss in uh, or against Tampa Bay in Colorado against Tampa Bay, and we're gonna I'm gonna play a clip from Coach uh, Bednar, and he kind of feels the same way that I did yesterday. I thought the Avalanche played a a a good game, a hard fought game. But when you play a game or a, a game against a team like that, and you just have those couple moments of, of, of letdown, they make you pay for it, like any good team does in any sport. You know, in, in football, when uh, you're playing a, a top caliber team and you turn the ball over, they're going to make you pay for it. In baseball, if you, uh, you know, walk a guy or let a guy on, they're going to make you pay for it. It's, it's just, you can, you can name the sport and when you're playing the top tier teams, they don't give you a lot of leeway to screw up. And there was a couple times in the game where the Avalanche just screwed up and Tampa Bay pounced. And and that's it. So, you know, but overall, he feels like I feel. They played a very tough game against a very tough opponent. You get a point out of the deal. So uh, I'm going to play his. This was after the game yesterday. Um, post post-game press conference talks about Miko Rantanen a couple injuries and a very interesting comment on Nathan McKinnon and if teams are 
out to get him, more or less. So let's hear from Coach Bednar, and then we'll make a couple comments on the other side of it. Yeah, upper body, he'll be out weeks. You said weeks like this? Yeah. Um, and then as far as just the game itself, I mean, kind of take us through what you saw with you guys in the zone, and then all of a sudden it seems like Kucherov is able to find some space, get the pocket in, he takes off. Is that what you saw, or what did you see to kind of lead up to that play where he scores the game? Are you talking overtime? Yes, yes. Yeah, overtime we delayed. I thought we kind of brought the coverage over to where the puck was and then uh, sort of tightened things up and... I haven't seen the replay, and I was talking set up the next guys on the bench, but I think Kucherov just popped it with a stick, right, and took off. But we kind of jammed each other up there, in my opinion. You know, I think we can give the puck some space. There's a lot of room on the ice with three guys. So, you know, it looked like we're, you know, we headed over towards where the puck was and then got jammed up. So they had a couple chances in overtime, so do we, and that, that's a big mistake, though. How bothersome has it been? Well, I, I don't – tonight's a different story for me. You know, I, I did not like the our third period against Washington at all. We played so well through two periods, you know, especially the first period. And then second period, you know, we didn't get a lot going against Washington, but neither did they. And, um, you know, we blew that in the third period. And, you know, they, they, again, I talked about that. Our compete level wasn't where it needed to be for a team that's, you know, at the top of the league standings. Um L.A. loved our first period. Again, we didn't capitalize on chances. We outchanced them in the game, according to my count. You know, played hard, played well in certain areas. Got a little stubborn with the puck, so we didn't, you know, we didn't create as much as we normally would. Uh, to lose the game on an icing and a face-off with 30 seconds left is frustrating as can be, you know. You put those two games back-to-back, and it's a really frustrating weekend. Now, tonight, I thought we played hard start to finish. We definitely had some mistakes in the D zone uh, second period. If you look at those, the first goal, um, we lose low coverage, routine coverage. They, it's an empty net tap, and that's so bad we lost the coverage there on, on a routine play for me. Um, second goal, our goalie's got to have it. It's point shot, unscreened from from the blue line. We have to make a save, and uh, you know so. And then we we had a pinch and an odd man rush, and then we end up behind the net on the one they're banging away in the net front and get another one. So to me, all three of those goals are preventable. I loved our dig in. Our stick-to-itiveness to, to stay with it and grind and work and push back and take it to overtime. And I, I haven't seen the mistake in overtime yet, so I can't really comment on it. There was a lot of physicality in that game, very playoff atmosphere. You lose one of your top players, you're down two goals against the hot team in the league, but you're able to take it into overtime. What kind of positives can you take from it? Lots. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I have tonight's feeling for me completely different than the last two. Completely different. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't love our jam in the second half of the LA game. I certainly didn't like it in the third period. This one, we were the team digging in and going after it in the third period, and and so to me, it's different. We didn't win the game. We dug ourselves a bit of a hole, um, but we played hard start, hard start to finish. We made some mistakes. I, I I can live with us making a few mistakes here and there. I just don't like getting outworked and you know competed in areas and losing hockey games that way. Is it the mistakes you have to clean up? Like we we can't keep.
repeating the same mistakes, but I didn't feel like that was the case tonight. I think it's just a couple guys losing focus for, for a few seconds at a time. Ryan Grace was saying that with the incident with Nate, he's like, look, if you're going to run our best player, we're going to react. He talks about what Gabe did in Washington. Are you starting to see more teams try to be physical with Nate, and what's kind of been your impression with how this team's responding in those situations? Well... I mean, yeah, I think you can expect that as a top player in the league. Like, I have a different outlook than than some teams, you know, oh, they're hitting our skilled guys. Well, yeah, that's the guys you, you're supposed to be hitting, you know. So I think that Nate handles it fine. Nate knows it's coming on that one. He lays the guy in his butt, and, you know, we, you know, he gets a good lick on the guy there. So I think that you have to expect it. It's a physical game, you know. This is hockey. NHL and, and it's going to be physical and it's going to get more physical as you go into the playoffs. I think that we we competed physically and we were hard tonight especially you know as the game went on when it was on the line in the third so I like what I'm seeing from that side of it. Jared, you got three key forwards out now weeks. Could you just talk about the injury yeah, I think every team's going through it a little bit, but I mean, you start racking them up with um, Grubauer, Kadri, um, Calvert, now Miko. Hey, other guys got to step up. It's a great opportunity. We, we 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 have to find a way to carve out wins like we did early in the year. It's going to get tougher and tougher, but hopefully we can get those guys healthy and back to join our team as soon as possible. And guys are going to get opportunities and call ups and. More ice time for guys that have been here wanting more ice time. We'll see what they got. And as far as the call-ups, I mean, do you envision yourself maybe bringing up a veteran guy, or do you maybe look at someone different like a Shane Bowers who lately has been productive? Well, that'll be Joe's call again. Like I said this morning, talking to their staff, and they're watching every night. I mean, I'm watching us, but they're 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 watching our, our team play down there a lot. And, um, you know, we got – between the management team, we've got someone watching them every night right now, uh, plus their coaching staff that we can rely on. And they'll, they'll, we'll have a conversation on how we see the lines sort of fitting and what we might need, and then they'll make the call on who comes up. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. 
To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, you heard the reporter ask, you know, who might they bring up? And he specifically asked about Shane Bowers, of, of all the players that are playing down for the Eagles. Uh, it's kind of interesting that they specifically brought him into the question to kind of maybe gauge what Bednar's answer would be. And he pretty much just left it up to Joe Sackick. He's one watching the Eagles play more than Bednar is. So, um, I, 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 and we, we know it's not Bowers. We know it's Martin Kaut. And we... We go from there. But I really like the comment on Nathan McKinnon where, you know, he's asked, do you think that teams are targeting, n- not in, in not in a, a penalty sense, but just are, are kind of being a little bit more aggressive towards Nathan McKinnon, your star player, which people in the media tend to think that they shouldn't because those are the star players. And we need those star players to not be hurt and not be off the ice so they have a product that they can sell uh, but he doesn't see it that way and I don't think uh, a lot of other players see it that way either he's a player he's on the ice he's fair game and uh, I think his comments reflected that and if you could see the the video that uh, accompanied that not just listen to the audio after he's asked that question he has kind of like this smirk on his face saying I'm not gonna tell somebody not to go after our our, our skill players, that's what you're supposed to do. He's a paid player. He's under contract. He, he's hittable. I agree with him. I agree with him. You don't want anything dirty to go down, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's if, if he's a player, he's, he's fair game. So speaking of players, we are, like I said in the beginning, we are kind of knee-deep in some trades, and trades are now happening. It seems like they're going to be happening a little bit more fast and furious. And right now, the Avalanche are doing Avalanche things, which is not much. That's not to say they're not going to do something, but I think some teams are feeling like they don't want to be late to the party, and they're a little bit proactive, and you get this. you know, I mean, A lot of teams don't necessarily wait until the bitter end. They'll, they'll, within that last week, some deals are made and there, there were deals, some deals made today. And, and I think, uh, maybe the avalanche are having that mindset of let's sit back and see what the league is doing. I'm sure that they have guys that they're, they're targeting in on honing in on, and I'm sure they're having conversations with those teams. So I think they they're they're not gonna they're not gonna have knee jerk reactions. They're not gonna jump to a conclusion just because some trades have gone down. If they're fr- pretty comfortable that they have their sights out on a player and they're comfortable that team is not going to kind of pull the rug from under them and trade that player right away, um, I think they're gonna buy their time. They can't buy too much time. Trade deadline is Monday, but I think they're they're probably feeling pretty comfortable about we want these guys 
this is what we're willing to give up, and we're in good dialogue with the teams that we want to deal with. Now, the interesting thing, uh, to go through some of the trades that occurred today, that kind of affect uh, the Avalanche overall. Uh, one, one trade, you know, the Capitals picked up uh, Brendan Dillon from the Sharks, so he moves out of the Western Conference. Still, uh, they gave up a conditional third on choice, but the, the reason I bring him him up is he's a defenseman. So, and now some other trades that have happened throughout the day. Marco Scandella picked up by St. Louis Blues. That obviously directly affects Colorado. And Marco Scandella is a defenseman. Dylan DeMello was traded to the Winnipeg Jets through Ottawa. So that has some effect on uh, the, the Avalanche staying in the West. And Dylan DeMello is a defenseman. Uh, you see the theme that was was created today. There was another trade that went down. Uh, no, I'm a, a mistake. That was yesterday. So you got three trade, no, four trades today or yesterday, being February 18th, between Marco Scandella, Brendan Dillon, and Dylan DeMello. Three trades, three defensemen. So that's kind of a trend. And does that mean the Avalanche go after something on the defensive end? Uh, they, they could. I think they, they would be willing to pick up a player in any one of three phases between the offense, defense, and, and, and goalie. So uh, I think this I think this is what the Avalanche wanted to do. They wanted to see what was happening, what was developing with other teams, maybe see some of the trends, and, and then make make a decision on what they want to do there. There are so many players being attached to the abs in terms of them having interest in them. To run through a few of them, obviously Kreider is the big is the big player. Uh, he there was an article on nhl.com today where it was maybe a week or two ago between the Avs and the Blues. Now it's saying it's between the Avs and the Bruins. And I think it's no mistake that Kreider wants to play for the Bruins. Apparently he's from Massachusetts, so maybe he wants to go back home. He could very well do that in the offseason when he, he can sign whatever contract he wants to. Might not have a say in where he goes at the trade deadline. Would the Rangers, would the New York Rangers trade somebody to the Boston Bruins? I'd, I guess anything is possible, uh, but... I don't know if he actually wants to go to Colorado and stay there. But, you know, he doesn't have that no-trade clause into his contract, so he's going to have to go wherever they trade him if they trade him. So it's seeming more that the Avalanche are, are big players in the Chris Kreider situation along with the Bruins. Now, a couple of players got held out of games last night. Uh, Martinez on... Alec Martinez on the Kings, who we had talked about in the past, possibly coming to the the Avalanche. Now more and more people are saying it's likely he's going to go to Vegas. And Kyle Palmieri also was held out of his game. I don't know too much about where he could go. I haven't really kept up with him specifically and his trade value or where he's going to go. But 
interesting that those two guys were held out of last night's game. I'm recording this at night uh, on the 18th, so could have something happened overnight. By the time you're listening to this in the morning on the 19th, it's very possible. But as of recording right now, they were held out of their games, not playing. So something could happen with those two guys. A couple other players. I know the Avs lately have been tied to Tomas Tartar. That's interesting. Um, I've heard his name a couple times attached to the Avs, but I, it feels like he might be their fallback guy if they can't get if they can't get specific players that they've targeted. On the goaltender front, Carey Price is getting thrown around now, where in the past he really hasn't been up, but with this whole situation going on with the goalies in Colorado. He could be there. I've talked over and over about how I would love to have Henrik Lundqvist on the team. As thin and as slim as that could happen, I would still love to see it. And then one I saw today, which really threw me for a loop, I hadn't seen his name attached to Colorado at all, but I read an article today where there's, uh, in, in, in NHL circles, they a lot of people, I don't know if it's GMs or just writers, they feel the avalanche are in on Joe Thornton. Ah, wow. I I don't I didn't really hear too much about that. That would be bringing in an elder statesman and a lot of playoff experience there. So there's so many players attached to what to the Colorado Avalanche and now it's just being the fan, the waiting game. And I, I it's it's tough. You don't we we haven't had this in a very, very long time where so many players are attached to trade talk and the Colorado Avalanche. And if they like because so many players are are in the mix in the discussion of trade deadline coupled with the Colorado Avalanche, if they do nothing here, I will be absolutely shocked. If they stand pat and say, We're gonna ride this out, we're bringing up you know, Martin Kout, we'll see what he can do. Throw him to the Wolves. I can't imagine they're going to do that with the amount of injuries that they have and filling those holes with all of their AHL players and throwing all of those guys to the Wolves. Sure, I can see you bringing up. They did it. They did it with Martin Kaut. <clears throat> Maybe bring up another guy. I, I don't know what the situation is. I can't imagine they would bring all, all these players up to fill all the injuries that they have right now because they're big injuries. And like I said, having this many players attached to them in trade talks, something is bound to happen. The interesting thing for me is I am going, the wife and I are going up to Lake Placid uh, for the weekend, deep in the mountains. So I probably won't, I'll have intermittent cell phone service, which is going to kill me going into a trade deadline weekend. So uh, I'll figure it out somehow, but I'll, I'll get my news the way I need to get it. But I hope something happens before then so I can enjoy that rather than not have to go in and out of cell phone service and catch a major trade that the Avalanche did if they do one. Now we play the waiting game. All right, and one more thing to get to before we call it a day. The Avalanche are going up against the Long Island, Long Island the New York Islanders at the Pepsi Center tonight. And... Avs looking for some redemption on a one nothing shutout uh, that they lost to 
the New York Islanders last time they played. And not only did they lose one nothing, they lost one nothing to their old pal Semyon Varlamov. So he's probably getting the start tomorrow. Coming back to Colorado, I'm sure he'll get a, a, a nice ovation from the crowd. I don't think there's any hard feelings when he left. So, uh, but he'll be back in town, and they got to. They, they just need a win. They can't really say like, "Oh, we're going up against Varlamov. Let's you know stick it to him." Like they just have to forget about all that and and win. And I guess the good thing is the the the, the Avs the Islanders are coming in uh, on a three game losing streak. They've lost to Nashville five nothing. They lost to Vegas one nothing, and then they lost to the Coyotes two to one. So in the last three games, they've scored a grand total of one goal uh, while giving up eight. So they are they, they've been a streaky team, with the exception of that really long run they went on. Was it seventeen eighteen games win the streak early in the season? Uh, they, they've dipped a little bit in the standings, but when you're in a, a division with Pittsburgh and Washington. That was probably inevitable, but they're holding they're holding their ground. 33, 19, and 6, total of 72, 72 points, one point behind Philly, and Washington's got their 79, and Pittsburgh has 80. So they are in the mix. Uh, I think from a overall uh, point standing and the playoffs, I think this is where the East is is kind of... It sucks to be in the East because if you look at the wild card, you have because they're behind the Flyers right now. They are, but they do have two games in hand against the Flyers, so they're in a pretty good spot. They are in the first wild card spot. I thought they were going to be out of that, but that whole thing is a dogfight. You know, the the Avalanche are in a dogfight with the the Blues and the Stars for the division. And uh, the Flyers are in a dogfight with everybody in the conference. So every game is just as important to them. The, the last three games that they've played uh, has not been their best. The game that they played was the, the Predator game where they lost 5 to nothing. Was I mean, they, they shots on goal. I, I brought up their shots on goal, and it was, it was not pretty. Well, well, not this game. Interesting is that they, they outshot... The Predators, thirty-one to twenty-six, and they only had four shots on goal in the third. And I, and you know, Nashville's—they were up five. Did they score? They didn't even score in the third. So they're up five nothing going into the third. Of course, they're going to play hangback defense. But Islanders probably had no life in them at that point for whatever reason. So they're they're going into this game limping a little bit, but so are the Avalanche. So something's got to give in this game in terms of team stats. Uh, player stats, I guess we'll start with that. Matthew Barzal leads them with points in 48. Brock Nelson leads the team in goals with 21. And Barzal leads them in assists with 30. In, teams, uh, in terms of team stats, uh, goals against, they are, a, they are a pretty good defensive team. And we saw that when they're kind of, I don't want to say a boring team, but they hover on boring. They, they're good defensively. They are 2.71 goals against, which is 3, 4, 5, 7th in the league. Uh, goals 4, they're not high up there. They're kind of at the bottom of the league in 2.72 uh, goals 4. 
So they don't score a lot, but they don't give up a lot of goals. Uh, in the in the penalty department for special teams, their penalty killing is middle of the road, fifteenth uh, in the league at eighty point four percent, and their power play percentage uh, is nothing really to sniff at eighteen point two, which is twenty second in the league. So they're they're just a a, a sound team. They're not going to wow you. Uh, they did pick up in a trade with the New Jersey Devils. They picked up their their captain Andy Green, uh, defenseman. Surprisingly, that that seems to be where everybody's going is on the defensive end. So I think it'll be a good game. Uh, they they don't give up a lot. Uh, they don't get a lot. So we'll see where this goes. But we are going to run this through are trusty and so far it hasn't done really well but we're going to keep doing it uh it's a game simulator and we have the islanders away team we have the avalanche as the home team we're going to run this simulation and here it comes simulation in progress they have the new new york islanders pulling out a two to one victory against colorado so Told you, I'm not going to just run that thing. I can't. That's it. It's the one time I was able to run it. So they, they have the Islanders beating the Avs 2-1. to one. Let's hope it continues to be wrong. So that's going to be it for today, guys. Enjoy the game against the Islanders. Send any questions, comments, concerns you have over at LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Follow me on all of the social media platforms. And enjoy the game. We'll see you tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!